I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. A special Thanksgiving week live episode live. on a Wednesday. Thought we'd give you guys some thanks. Thank you guys so much. Our um, Thank you. Not to toot our horns, but beep, beep. Our subscribers are going through the roof. We've got a bunch of new members that have joined. Um, our Instagram following has gone crazy. Our social media following has gone crazy. I guess it's what's bad for the Raiders is sometimes good for creators, right? Bad for Raiders, good for creators with the fired coach, interim coach, losing, then winning, all that chaos. Everyone wants the news. And so we appreciate you guys choosing us to do that. Thank you very, very much. Um, so we thought we'd go live for this week's podcast episode, special Thanksgiving week episode and it's kind of fitting that we play the chiefs on thanksgiving week you know it's like instead of pilgrims and indians it's pirates and indians you know i mean pilgrims were pirates anyway so right yeah right the pirates so works out perfect we just got to throw some uh smallpox blankets in the kc locker room for out of tradition you know what i mean out of tradition covid is the new smallpox (laughs) smallpox 19 yeah right heading over there uh, so I will be going to the game on Sunday. Very excited. So expect extra content oh, all this God. weekend. Field passes, the whole nine. Can't wait. I've yet to be to Allegiant Stadium. The true test of the curse. Well, not really, because Chiefs are big favorites. Yeah, dude, it is. If we can, so if yeah, if if we beat the Chiefs, it's clear the curse is over. My my long long running curse of not going every time I go to a Raiders game, the Raiders lose. Again, I, I don't remember how I don't remember how long the the streak is, but I do remember the last time I went to a game that the Raiders won. It was at Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego. Well, a dump. It's been that long. So, if we pull it off as big underdogs this weekend, for that like the monkey just off my back. Just, ah, who was it? Was it? Um, wasn't Joe Mont? Steve Young, remember that thing we won the Super Bowl? He's like, someone get yeah. this monkey off my back. And someone like literally grabbed it. Like, Ugh. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that on the field. It'll you need to. It. You're a freaking mush. I am. This is how we cure it. Big time. Uh, so uh, on Undisputed um, this week, Michael Irvin. I didn't even know he was on Undisputed until I saw this clip. Uh, I used to work at Fox. And now ever since I left, I completely lost track of who's where. But he was talking about uh, Antonio Pierce, and he's a big fan of Antonio Pierce. All the guys over there, Keyshawn Johnson, Skip, all those guys are all basically unanimously saying that Antonio, not that you know, any of their opinions really carry weight with me, but Michael Irvin was in the venue during Dolphins Week. He was there, and he had two really interesting things to say. Um, this is the first thing he had to say. I went to spend some time with... Antonio Pierce in the Raiders, and I'm going to tell you something, man. They made me feel like one of the guys, you know. When I first got the Devontae ran up to me, grabbed me, you know. They brought me in, took me, I hung out with him in the locker room, took me upstairs and let me address the whole football team. Then afterwards, I went in and sat with Antonio Pierce in his office. He's still in his same coaching office, the assistant office. I said, hey, big fella. Why, why we're not in the big room right now? He said, I told him I'm not moving twice. If you move me over there, I'm going to stay over there. I'm not moving, moving back. Up, so I would just stay until it's permanent. And I was like, that's such a grind mentality. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. I ain't moving twice. It's like, yeah, I absolutely want that office. I've been abundantly clear I want that office. I think I deserve that office. The players, it seems like, want me to have that office. But I really want that office. I don't want to have that office and just have like Ikea furniture in there. You know what I mean? I want to move in my lazy boy that I have at home. I want to pick the curtains and start decorating a little bit. I want to, I want to put down some roots if I'm going to move into this office. Yeah, man. He needs to get in there and he needs to be given that job. He needs to earn it. He needs to, he needs to do what uh, Mark Davis has in his mind that needs to get done to earn that position once it's earned, then he can move into the, to the role and, and it's all his. 
I think it would be more of a pretender thing to, to all right, I got to move my stuff into the big office. Like, no, bro, it's not your job yet. I think also it's, um, I guess if, if I worked in that office, right, at any job, if I was a coach or player, janitor, assistant, whatever, if I was in that office, knowing how bad Josh McDaniel screwed over this team, I would have loved to like always walk by the office and see it empty. It's like passing by, it's like passing by like the coffin of your enemy at a graveyard. You know, like walking by and they're still like, like, you know, how like the phone cords pulled out of the wall and like the, the curtains are kind of ajar, like someone rushed out of there quick. You know, I want to walk by and see that. Yeah. Screw you, Josh. This was, this was, uh, vacated in haste <laughs> for sure. And there's just a giant, uh, dent on the door. Cause the door did hit him on the way out. You know, it's like, 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 let's make sure the door hits you on the way out, please. Just to like exponentially push you out maybe, of here. Maybe he dropped like one of his, like, like a, a paper, like a, a he, he wrote like a, a post games press conference speech on there. And it was just like, you know, um, um, you know, you know, um, all the way down the paper. It's like halfway done. And you find out like, that's right when he got the call that he's fired. So it's just sitting there half a speech, just like 17 ums already done. Um, uh, you know, um, we're close. Uh, here's another inside piece that Michael Irvin shared on. Uh, he said to me, and I hope I'm not out of turn. He said, man, I said, what do you tell your team? I what is it, 14, 14 point favors key? Yeah. Something like that. Yep. I said, what do you tell your team when you're down 14? He said, I've never said anything about a spread to my team before. Hmm. But I have to this time. Yeah. Because in this change that we're going through, in this change, I have to say to them, and he said to them, this is what people think of you now you go show them what you think of you it's a great line yeah i think i think that pretty much encapsulates what the big strength antonio pierce brings to this team is things like this like oh they they think you're gonna lose by two touchdowns that's what they think the enemy right it's all football coaches and football players and i think the good ones they have this uncanny mental gymnastics ability to always make themselves sound like they're being counted out, they're underdogs, no one believes in them. Remember like, a, like Tom Brady's last few seasons with the Patriots? He already has like five rings, six rings, whatever number of rings he had. And still like three quarters of the way through the season, he still gives a speech like no one believes in us. They don't think we can do it. It's like, dog, you, you're like a Hall of Famer three times over. You have like a top yeah. five, five, I mean, top five offense. You're like 11 and two, like, and yet somehow Tom Brady still somehow finds a way to actually believe that no one believes in him. Well, yeah, like Michael Jordan uh, in the last dance said he like made up a story about some guy talking crap to him after a game because he had a good game. So he had like he made up a story. <laughs> so the next time they played him, he like demolished him. Uh, just you have to find that way to get yourself that little extra edge, you know. These guys are all, I mean, I want to say they're all, but the, the the top players are driven. You know, they don't need motivation, but they use it the, mo the motivation to kind of get themselves up to the little extra level and to bring everyone else up with them. So I brought these two things up. One, I thought the second one was just a cool story, what he talked about with the Dolphins. I thought the first one was just kind of a cool story. But as I as I was pulling the, the video, I was like, oh, we'll just like bring this up as something cool to share with the windbags. I started thinking to myself, is Antonio Pierce carrying himself with confidence or cockiness because he's made it abundantly clear with how he acts that he wants that job, which I get. Is he carrying himself in a way that you think is going to turn off Mark Davis? He's an old pudgy, not curmudgeon-y, but just kind of like definitely out of touch dude. Like you see how he dresses, you see the haircut. Do you think the swagger and persona of Antonio Pierce might turn off Mark Davis a little bit. And that would be a I factor. Think so. I don't think so. I think that if Antonio Pierce is acting different from who he's been up until the point where he was given the interim job, I guess you could say that's being cocky. But if he's just the same person the entire time, uh, Mark Davis knew who he was hiring, right? If he's just been acting like himself. So um, 
I don't think it's going to turn off Mark Davis at all. I wonder how involved Mark Davis was in the hiring of Antonio Pierce specifically. Like, I'm sure like the paper went across his desk, but do you think he actually sat down and like interviewed AP or I think it was just like a McDaniel Ziegler move. And then Mark Davis is like, Oh, I don't know who that is, but sure. Go ahead. Or like, Oh yeah. From the giants. Cool. I bet yeah, you I mean, the latter. I, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't think he put too much into the assistance hiring. Yeah. Um, I think he was pleasantly surprised once he, uh, once AP was in the building and was able to, you know, interact with Mark Davis and kind of Mark Davis finding out a little bit about AP's history and his story and all that about how he's a huge Raider fan, and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that kind of maybe maybe may have endeared him to Mark Davis. And when the time came and the and the players were saying, you know, we want AP to be our our coach. He's like, well, why the hell not? He's just as good as anyone else, you know, to take over midseason. So let's see what this guy has. Also, like, I can't help but think it was calculated from AP to, like, in his literally 15 seconds into his speech when he was taking over as interim head coach, he brought up being a Raider from Compton, NWA with Raider hats. He's like, you. that wasn't for the players. It was definitely for the fans. But I think that was for Mark Davis more than anybody. Because you know how much Mark Davis loves like Raiderhood, you know what I mean? To like really appreciate his version of the Raiders and what he knows is as the Raiders. I think that was because us us fans love it. We were creaming our pants. We're like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Get some, you know. But then Mark Davis. Well, you know, Mark Davis has been going away from that. He's been he's been pushing away from that and looking to get um because you know. As much as people want to say Gruden is, oh, Gruden was a Raider. It's not like, no, no, no. He left and did his own thing, and he he, he brought his own thing uh, here when he was rehired. That was not like a Raider thing. Uh, that I was more I, of a Gruden thing. I would say Gruden's pretty Raidery, old school, rough. And remember, I mean, he remember he didn't leave the Raiders, right? He was traded by Al Davis, and then leave this time. He was, I mean, true, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see, I don't see John Gruden being, you know, a Raider type of of freaking coach. You know, he he didn't he didn't pay nearly enough attention to defense mm-hmm. to uh, to be a Raider type coach, man. I, I just don't see it. I was thinking more like the way AP expressed himself. Well, yeah, there's that, but there's also, you know, we're bullies. Mm-hmm. That's the Raider way. We're we're just straight up bullies. That's that's all it is. You know that John Madden clip. Yeah, we're dirty. You know what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. We're bullies, and we were at, we were anything but that. We, you know, so um, I like it. I like the you know the confidence, the swagger. Because, but the thing is, Gruden wasn't about empowering the team to have that confidence and swagger. Gruden was all about him having the confidence and swagger. So that's not the Raider way either. That's everybody uplifting. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a leader from the front. Like I I want everyone to be like me and have the same confidence that I do. Which is like like, from the back. That was terrible. I just broke your internet. You, you lag so bad right there. No, that was so bad. The internet was so dismayed and so like want want by my joke that it hurt. They cut off your internet for like two seconds. Oh god, that was so bad. I get what you're saying. I but yeah, you got because I mean, Gruden was all about Gruden. Gruden was you know number one was Gruden. Number two was Gruden. Number three was Gruden. Number four was probably Gruden's offense, and then the number five was the rest of the team. I think he was a micromanager and he liked his system. Not not like unlike. I think Josh McDaniels and him are similar in that aspect. Although Gruden was obviously a million times better motivator. And, yeah. you know, there's a boatload of players that swear by him. Um, yeah. yeah you can't, you can't be a micromanager and pay that little attention to, to defense. Well, that's probably the only way he can. It's like, I'm going to micromanage offense only. <laughs> I know I'm in, I'm in charge of the draft and trade. So I'm not going to pay attention to that either. I'm just going to go with my gut when they come across my my desk because I have 12 hours of offensive film to watch. Yeah. So I, I'm what, what are AP? So, so if AP sits down with Mark Davis, right. And let's say, let's say the record at the end of the season isn't so terrible. Like let's say they don't, we don't lose out. Right. And let's say we don't like win out and go deep in the playoffs, right. Where it's like, 
his his uh, his record this season is on the border where the the interview is going to really matter, right? Let's say that's let's mm-hmm. let's say that's where his record ends up, where it's like he, he has to nail this interview. Uh, Harbaugh's out there, maybe you know one or two other coaches that Mark Davis is hiring that we can get excited about. What is what are you saying if you're AP to Mark Davis to say I deserve this job? What, what strength you, are you bringing? I think you point to he has to lead with with his knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think because the other stuff is already stated. You don't want to you don't want to lead with the fluff. Yeah. You want to lead you want to lead with, you know, on top of I know what you think. I know what people think about me. So I'm going to lead with this is how smart I am. This is how much I know the game. This is how well I can connect to today's players. This mm-hmm. is um this is where I see other coaches falling short. This is how I can develop younger players. Look at how the younger players improved once I took over. Um, Cause that's, that's a huge deal, man. It's rare that you get uh, a veteran player that stays healthy throughout his career and is able to just be that, that pillar without interruption and let alone get five, six, seven, eight of those guys on each side of the ball. It's just you have to be able to develop develop young players. So um, start with that, and then on top of that, I can motivate. I know the the tradition here. I'm going to uphold the tradition of the Raiders. You know the then point to the changes that the team has made in uh, culture, in in uh, attitude, uh, and and in product on the field since he took over. I would, uh, I think that's all great. What I would do without directly saying it, but try to heavily imply and insinuate. I'll just say it bluntly and then I'll think of a smarter way to say it. I'd be like, hey, Mark, you screwed up by firing Rich Passaccia. You had a guy that the players loved and believed in and he took you to the playoffs despite a dumpster fire of a season where everything that could go wrong went wrong and you Mm -hmm. bailed on him because he wanted a sexy pick. I've already proven to you that I can be that same guy. Players love me. This is my chance. We won games you weren't supposed to. We were close in games. We were supposed to get blown out. I'm that guy. I am, I am, I am the, I am the, you can make good on the mistake you made three seasons ago by hiring me. Yeah. Pretty much like what you've been looking for is here. You grew it. That, the attitude. Raider Nation grew yeah. what you needed. You didn't have to go yeah. hire from without. I grew from within. Yeah, like everything that you've been looking for in a franchise is here now. Mm-hmm. Let's just move forward. I know I, I, I came up, you know, with, with this team. I know what it's about. I know what we need to do to win. Michael Creamer, thank you for the extremely generous super chat. 20 bucks. You're the man. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Mike. Looking forward to watching the Raiders compete on Sunday where we will have an opportunity to beat the squaws. Um, we have a lot to be thankful for if we can beat the squaws. I like calling them the squaws on Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, man, playing the Chiefs Thanksgiving week, it just makes the parody writing too easy. You know what I mean? It's just, it just way too easy. Like when we played the Cowboys two seasons ago on Thanksgiving, it's like Cowboys and Pirates, Cowboys and Indians. The it's stupid. taking quivering quake as we rob them of their gold. Right? Like it really should be not the Lions on Thanksgiving. It should be the Chiefs on Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, it should be Chiefs, Chiefs and uh, Cowboys. <laughs> you know that real that real tough rivalry that's going on between the two. So Tom Brady went on the Stephen A. Smith show, and uh, he's been doing some some media here and there now. The jury is still out on whether Tom Brady is going to be a minority owner of the Raiders or not. Mark Davis wants it. It's like Jim Gray probably made it. Like, put those put those together, but he said something that got uh, a lot of people's panties in a bunch. Here's Tom Brady on the Stephen A. Smith show. I, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. 
It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. So first off, when those words come out of Tom Brady's mouth, every single time he got hit, he'd complain. Every single time he wanted a penalty, he'd get a penalty. Mr. Every single time I was looking for any sort of edge to get the refs on my side, he would. So hearing those words come out of his mouth makes my blood boil. Hearing those words come out of his mouth maybe me want to punch my monitor square in the taint. You, that's like... That's like hearing like, like, like a, you know, like a guy in prison for like grand larceny complaining that like someone stole his like prison soap. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, that's why you're here. Cause you're a freaking thief. Like Brady, you're the reason why this happened. Remember when you blew out his knee and all of a sudden they made these like low hit rules against quarterbacks. Like Brady, you're the reason why this happened. Hearing this come out of your mouth makes me want to vomit. The problem is Soto. He's 100% correct in everything that he said. Yeah. Everything yeah. that he said. Just, if you take away the messenger and look at the message, he's he's right. Uh, we do have an issue with uh, – you see it uh, You see it a lot in uh, in a lot of the, the, the coaching hires. Like, oh, flashy a coordinator gets a job, and he gets a job because he's a flashy coordinator, but he can't lead. Or you know, look look at look at Eberflus. Look at um, look at a lot of these other guys out there that that were you know good coordinators, but you know it's just, it's 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 a different it's a different skill set to be able to develop players. Mm -hmm. It's it's easier as a coordinator to be able to get the most out of the players if you have someone who's good at identifying talent and developing those players, giving you those players to play with. Yeah. Um, but. You know, the coaching, I don't think the coaching and development is good, but part of that is because they really can't practice as much as they used to. 100%. Um, 100%. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of issues with tackling, a lot of issues with timing. Um, I've seen so many bad screens run because just the offensive line just doesn't have the timing. They haven't done it against, I mean, not even against live competition, but against, you know, people who are going to compete against you in practice, you know, they're probably just doing it against air and it, you know, it doesn't, it's not the same. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of issues with practice. Um, a lot of issues that that's an issue with, uh, um, execution, uh, which is part of development. Uh, you know, well, I, the, the I, rule I love, and I love the development conversation because before, you know, when I grew up playing football, watching football, you know, eighties, nineties, early two thousands, you could draft a guy like we didn't. You didn't draft a guy out of the gate and expect him to start right away. Like like there was like a stigma around starting rookies. Like it wasn't like a thing. Like you didn't really. You had to be like exponentially special. You know, mm -hmm. the Jacorian Bennett's of the world never see the field, ever. He could be a Pro Bowler one day, but you wouldn't see the field your rookie season ever, because they're like, oh, we're gonna develop these guys. Now you just don't have time. Like you have to draft guys that are ready made. That's why like. All the linemen that are drafted in the NFL, it's like USC, Alabama, Nebraska, Ohio State, and then everyone else is like a big drop-off. Because you don't have time to just draft like a 360-pound stud and teach him how to be a good lineman. You have to get them ready-made because you just don't have time to – like Alex Leatherwood, best example, right? Like you don't have three years to try to turn like a physical specimen into someone competent. You don't have time to do that. Yeah, it's uh, the clock is definitely sped up. We have a lot more uh, quick firings, uh, and a lot of that is because um, you know going going up, we're getting a lot more um, like a younger coaches being hired. Mm -hmm. So these guys aren't aren't developing that that awareness and developing that patience, and they haven't ex just they just haven't experienced as much. Uh, and you know, there's something to be said for for wisdom, not just information like being able to retain information. That's not wisdom. It's how you impart that information, how you how you instruct with that information, and how much it sticks to the person you're instructing. That's wisdom. That's how you use the information that you have, and and that generally comes with time. 
So um, there's quite a few things that that are coming to play here as to why we're in a a a, a flashy type of uh, you know environment right now. It's a culture right now where it's like you know you got to look good on TV, you got to be presentable, and you know uh, the the anti that is Andy Reid, but they're kind of making a mockery of that where oh, he eats cheeseburgers and he's got a walrus mustache and he wears Hawaiian shirts. And like, so they're making a mockery of that to not, you know, look at the crotchety old, you know, coach with his, you know, his hands in his pants, you know, like calling a game. And uh, it, it definitely does show in, 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 uh, in the development because you see a lot of like, you see a lot of like a feast of famine type of players where, all right, well, you're gone. Okay, well, we got more more draft picks next year. We got more guys coming in next year. So get a lot more turnover. Uh, rosters aren't quite as uh, stable as they've been in the past. So it's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, personally, I don't hate disagreeing with Tom Brady. I don't hate disagreeing with anybody. If you make a good point and it makes sense, okay, fine. I don't care who it is. So um, it is a I little know. bit, I think it's a little bit disingenuous. I know you do. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's your, it's your it's your petty peeve, whatever, no big deal. But uh, it's not petty for Raider Nation to hate Tom Brady. There's that is that is a well earned. You're not. It's not hating Tom Brady. It's the message that he's giving. If you're just gonna sh- shite all over it, because I'll call myself because <laughs> That's uh, like a halfer. That's like 50, no, 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 no. I didn't say it. I said shh. <laughs> and I, I, I it's like it. a yeah, right. Like a hat, like just like a. Ch- 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 <laughs> So uh, you have you have fifty cents, but but I, I I understand what's going on here. I, I get what he's saying, and there's there's some some reasons why that are from the league, and there's some reasons why from that are from the players' association. Yeah, and and I, and, I, and, I, and I love like, and I'm gonna hate Tom Brady more and more if he keeps being so right about stuff. But it looks like he's in a position to be, because he's like untouchable. Like he's so famous, so rich, he's God, right? So if Roger Goodell, if, if he could be kind of like what John Gruden was behind the scenes, but Tom Brady can be that above the scenes, like, hey, these rules are suck. These guys aren't practicing enough. Uh, like, he's talking like a fan, right? He's like, the quality of football is down. Like, I, I am not enjoying football the way I used to because the quality is down because of X, Y, and Z. These all, all these offensive players are complaining and moaning that they're getting hit. No one's practicing. No one's developing. Roger Goodell needs to fix this. That football hating pussy like Tom Brady could be that new guy he, he could be the like the anti Roger Goodell that gets like actual he could be it makes makes my like, the flavor of my mouth go go disgusting but like he could be the voice of fans because he has the cachet to say whatever the hell he wants with basically no repercussions until yes. someone releases his emails look say, say what you want about Tom Brady like love him or hate him I I I don't either like whatever, you know, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't ha- hold any malice to, to the guy, but I don't like revere him either. Um, he had to work for where he got, he wasn't given anything, you know, he had to work hard for what, where he got and he progressed over time. He was given that time because of the way the team that he's took over was structured. He wasn't asked to do too much in the beginning. And as he progressed as a player, he was asked to do more. Um, so I, I see where he's coming from, and I see that he had that unique perspective where he was a superstar, but he didn't start out to be being a superstar. Uh, so he can see both sides of that. And, um, you know, he can definitely be that guy because he can say pretty much anything, right, in, in a football sense, in a football context, and it'll be, you know, accepted. For sure, he can, uh, he can say a lot of things that people are thinking, and um, people aren't going to, you know, maybe look over his shoulder or, you know, think twice about uh, the message as opposed to the messenger. So, um, yeah, he definitely can be that guy that can say, you know, hey, the, the, you know, Players Association, these guys aren't practicing enough. We need to have a we need to uh, uh, adjust it a little bit because of, you know, X, Y, then you can just, you know, give the data, point out stuff. You know, the we have issues with, um, you know, execution, you know, points are down. Why? Why are point? Why are points down? Well, it's a lot harder to play offense than it is to play defense as far as, you know, what, what did we talk about earlier in the season? If one guy does something wrong on offense, it can screw up the entire play. Yeah. If one guy does something right on defense, he can blow up an entire play. Yeah. 
so it's it's a little bit different uh as far as execution goes so um yeah man he could be the guy that just you know blows everything up and and, and shines a light on a lot of different things you're a bigger man than i for giving tom brady i got so much stuff to worry about bro i just don't have time yeah. to freaking just you know to hate tom brady i don't have time for it it's like with keanu reeves he's that maybe i brought it up on this show but he had this great line where he's just like he's like look i'm at the age where i don't care what people say like you could say something completely wrong to me and i don't care like you can walk up to me and say two plus two equals five i'd be like yep you're right high five have a good day and <laughs> just move on with my day <laughs> yeah you know it's just it's that whole like unbothered you know i'm i'm, I'm trying really hard to get to that point to be unbothered i, I can't because that tuck rule ruined our franchise for years that's that's what I can't. That's not what ruined our franchise for years. It ru it ruined our chance at a Super Bowl that season. But there was a lot of bad decisions made that were that were independent from that. No, because I if we win the Super Bowl, there's no way Al Davis trades John Gruden. Zero percent chance. I don't know. I don't know that you can say that. I I definitely can say that. You're not gonna trade a Super Bowl winning coach. No way. Okay, look at it from this perspective. No way. If Al Davis is like, well, I put that team together and I'm helping him coach the team, which he was, I can put someone else in there and I can help him coach the team too. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying no that, I'm not saying that would have happened. But no, you, you, no, no, no you, you're 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 you're, you're forgetting you're forgetting the 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 alpha egomaniac that was Al Davis. Raider Nation would have burned that stadium to the ground if they would have traded a if they would have made any major moves after a Super Bowl run especially trading a coach no way it's not even like you can blame like salary cap right it's like oh man yeah I, I you're insane there's, when, when you're when you're when you're talking about al davis there's no way you can say a hundred percent or zero percent i can 100 percent uh do you follow the um when the athletic does their uh players poll every season yeah i love it i love it every season so the only problem is they have like they only interview like 70 to 85 players. So it's like a tiny, tiny sample size. Like there's what? There's um like what fifteen hundred players in the NFL? Like any right, there's always fluctuating. 15 change, yeah. But like, you know, thirty-two teams, fifty-three man roster, whatever that number is. And so you're taking like two, three percent of them and you're trying to like extrapolate something but it's better than nothing i still find it fun um so they had a couple things and raiders popped up in a few of these so they did like best player which we'll skip because we know who they voted for and we don't want to talk about it we're playing them on sunday let's put it that way but they did a couple fun ones biggest trash talker i didn't know gardner johnson was like that like exponentially the biggest trash talker in the nfl but yeah it's nuts uh, uh, one fourth of all people polled said CJ Gardner Johnson. Uh, Marcus Peters was the fifth highest one, just at five point seven percent, but fifth highest. I wonder how much trash he's talking these days when he's not even tackling anybody. God, Maybe dude. that's why he's not tackling; he's too busy running his mouth instead of running his legs. Uh, and Max Crosby got three percent. I bet you Max. I think because people like the Max, because he talks a lot of trash, a lot. And he backs it up, which makes it even more infuriating. But I think because everyone like appreciates Max Crosby's story and because he's such like a hard worker that they, cause like trash talker, I think people attach like ne a lot of negativity to it. And so they don't want to attach a negativity to Max. I think Max is too universally respected. If that makes sense. I also think that Max, cause we, we've, we've all seen the videos of Max Crosby playing. Max Crosby is more, he's more of like the, like, He'll talk to you after he did something. Yeah. Like I told you I was going to do it. Yeah. Like what was that? I just, you know, you better, you better, you better, you better stop me next time is I ain't going to stop. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think his trash talk is more like, like the, like the white boy trash talk, like the Larry Bird trash talk. It's good. And it's because, and they back it up, but it's not like you, you can't argue against it. Cause you know, we've all been, you know, in sports where people talk trash and you're like, dude, Shut the hell up! You're not doing anything right now. Like, like, like Marcus Peters is a prime example. Yeah. Like, dude, why are you talking? You, you're, you're, you're ass. Like, you're terrible. Why are you talking right now? You don't tackle. You, you, you. The only way you can cover is by giving everyone 
uh, cushion in front of you and run them out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think the max the max uh, trash talk is unique because it's like you can't say no, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he's telling the truth. I just sacked you three times. No, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah you, you sacked me. Three the the quarterback it. looks over at the tackle. Is that, is that three? For real? Oh. For real three? Right. I'm a little concussed from that first two. Totally Who's the other guy? I thought it was four. <laughs> Somebody license plate on that Crosby? Uh, another one I found very interesting. Which current coach, aside from your own, would you want to play for? Mike Tomlin, number one. Which is uh, not crazy because obviously there's, he, hasn't, he hasn't had a losing record and players like him, but he is hard on guys. Which is, I guess it seems he's like the exact balance of like hard on guys, but you you believe it and you trust it and you you know makes you want to makes you feel like you need it type of thing. Uh, Mike McDaniel number two, Antonio Pierce two point eight percent of respondents. Hey Siri, what's two point eight percent of seventy two? So two people. So two non-Raiders, because it couldn't be your coach, two non-Raiders said of any coach in the NFL, you'd want interim head coach Antonio Pierce, who probably at that point had only played one or two games. I don't know exactly when this poll happened, but it was obviously after he became interim coach, and it was definitely before uh, the Dolphins game. So that he was either like 0-0, 1-0, or 2-0. And already a few guys were like, yeah, I want AP as my head coach. Well, you know, you just uh, maybe some ra- some some uh, Raider fans uh, across the day that played for another team, and they they heard his uh, press conference because he murdered yeah. that press conference. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's uh, it's refreshing to have a a guy that's like you, you know, double stud diamond earrings, you know, like what drives an Impala to, to the game, mm-hmm. uh, unapologetically, like you, acts like you, un- unapologetically right? like- themselves. Young enough, and or he like super relates to these guys. And but but that, but it's him though. It's him. That's why I think people like Mike McDaniel because that's who he is. He was that whole that he was that way the whole way going up. Yeah. In his coaching career, he was the same guy. He's so the guy that took his Dungeons and Dragons skills to the gridiron. You know, yeah, like, yep, that's what I do now. So I mean, there, there's something to be said for authenticity, and I think I don't think that you can call anyone on that list a phony. Uh, yeah. You know they're all pretty much pretty real. They know their stuff. They're smart. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's something that uh, people will, will gravitate to, regardless of uh, what um, what job you're in. You know, what sector where you work. I think. Uh, I mean, obviously we're we're biased and we're sometimes in our own Raider bubble. But if, they, if the re- question was reversed, if you had to pick any coach in the NFL to not play for. I mean, is Josh McDaniels number one? Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. Eberflus is bad. Um, I think Gase would have beat him out the season before, but obviously he's not head anymore. Is there another head coach that's just like floundering awfully that like is not only losing, but no one likes him? Eberflus is probably close, at least, but McDaniels has like a history of it. Yeah. Who's who's the guy in, uh, in uh, that Eberflus is in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Um, I don't think anyone dislikes Frank Reich. Not that, not that way, you know. Not, not in that sense. I think it's more personal thing. I think it's just again what we we talked about uh, Josh McDaniels with this a lot, but you know, I think one and two would be Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick because of the way that they they interact with with the players. I think yeah. that players having get given a choice. Are going to want to play for somebody that um, is going to be able to relate to them a little bit better. Um, Bill Belichick, I, I pulled it down. Mate, got two point one percent of this vote of who you'd want to play for. He was last on this list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He was twelfth. But I think just like his resume, I think just buoys him a little bit and buoys him over like the Eberfluses and McDaniel's of the world. Maybe it's an expatriate on another team. Maybe that, but that's a good, that's a pretty good credence for you. Like that's a good, like that, that, that makes it even seem even more valuable because now you're not just some guy who's never played there, but like, look, the guy knows football inside and out. I could learn a lot from him. Especially if I'm a defensive player. I can get so much better playing under him. 
Um, you don't know how much hell it is there. But if you played for them and still you're like, yeah, man, I, I was there and I want to go back. Need something. I mean, you have probably one of the more the most successful NFL coaches of all time, and only two point one percent of the, of the people polled want to play sure for him. Memories, dude. Couple. You got to win now, man. It's the win yeah. now mode. This is this couple, is the win now league. Seasons, and I think that's also what buoys Antonio Pierce too is hope. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have he doesn't have a resume of failure. Like you can't look back and be like, "Nah, this guy sucked." Like, watch. It's just like it's all but, hope. You know, look, I hear a lot of like. You know the modern player the modern player this the modern player that yeah that's it. you just have to find a way to reach the player mm-hmm. back then i think players were a little bit more accepting of like the military style like you know the head coach but you know you see you know john madden going out there and he wasn't you know he was tough but he was relatable right and he was you know he was a, a former player uh he 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 got he got players, you know. He understood players, yep. and I think that's the issue uh, we have. To maybe not to the extent of Josh McDaniels, but we have a lot of, of coaches out there who are like way too X's and O's heavy and not too Willie and Joe's heavy. Like you got to make sure that you coach the player. You don't just implement a system. You have to coach the players that you have, and. Um, you know that's that to a certain degree. I think that's what where we're running into some issues with with coaching, because um, all these coaches know their stuff. It's just how you implement it and how you teach it, right? So uh, that's probably where they're running into issues is not being able to coach players, and that's 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 something that's not new. Most underrated player. This was the closest one. The highest percentage was five point four percent. Right, you had uh, like guys are like you know twenty five, like thirty percent is your number one. T. Higgins got five point four percent as most underrated player in the NFL. So obviously this is all over the place. There's no front runner really. Um, but Max Crosby did make two point seven, tied with like ten other guys, which is kind of crazy considering he's an all pro, an all pro player, and still a handful of guys are like, yeah, like people don't realize how good this guy is, even though he's all pro. And if you watch one Raider game, there's no player that the commentators are correctly sucking off more than Max Crosby. And still, people are like, dude, he's even better than you think. Did you that did you see the uh, the hard knock the midseason hard knocks? No, no, on the the Dolphins when they were talking about Max Crosby. No, it's like the it. entire the entire freaking defensive meeting was about Max Crosby. Like they didn't give two mm-hmm. craps about anybody else on the defense. That's correct use of their time. Yeah, (laughs) it was everything was about Max Crosby and uh, how to stop him and how to contain him. Mm. Yeah, so he's, I mean, to be that good, even T. Higgins, man, like people know who he is. He's a good player, but I think he's going to explode when he goes somewhere to be a number one receiver. He's freaking good, man. He's like the number three receiver on his team. Like that's the, that's why like people are like, yeah, he's, he's 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 a number one. Good. He's like, he's the, he's the two. He's been hurt, but he's the two. He's over Boyd, but man, he's he's really good. But yeah, Max Crosby's an All Pro, and and people are still saying that he's underrated. I just I don't I don't think that people understand uh, the level of of his 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 greatness. Mm-hmm. And I will say great because he's not just a good player; he's a great player. Uh, real quick, we'll do the last few quickly. Uh, best stadium to play in: Arrowhead Stadium. Randomly got number one at almost eighteen percent. Um, Allegiant Stadium, 6%. Brand new. I guess that's the appeal. Or is that the best stadium because you know you're going to have a bunch of your fans there? <laughs> a bunch of opposing fans. <laughs> All the strippers on the strippers in the field and the, and the little box, the boxes, the field boxes. Uh, that was best stadium to play. And here's the, here's the hilarious part. Worst stadium to play in. Oakland Coliseum made the list. There hasn't been an NFL football game played there in four seasons. And still, someone, someone like a few, two or three people in this, in this survey remembered how bad it was half a decade ago. And it stuck in their head so hard that they blacked out and forgot the Raiders moved to Las Vegas and put Oakland Coliseum. Dude, that's how bad it was. It's, it's, it's the PTSD. Look, man, we've, we've both been there. It, that place was a freaking dump, dude. Like, yep. 
You, I, I, I reached down and grabbed a piece of like a piece of concrete from the ground. I just pulled it up. Like what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just put it back. What the hell is that? It was, that place was a dump. Toilets overflowing. Their their boxes were just like some plexiglass around some seats in the middle tiers. Yeah, it's terrible. You had to walk through Moss Isley, that BART tunnel. That was kind of cool, though. I will admit. Like, it was garbage and, and sucked, but it was very Raider, where you had to walk through that from the BART to that. The penitentiary walk? Dude, with the barbed wire on the side. Yeah, over the bridge. That, that, that's the penitentiary that walk right there. Oh, dude, that was. You knew you were going to a Raider game, though. Like, it felt, it felt like going to a Raider game. And yeah. when you lost, it kind of made the walk, that losing walk feel. You know, like, when you lose, you almost want to wallow in it. For a little bit like, like i don't want to be happy right now just like, like your girl's trying to like cheer you up you're like babe no i just i want to i want to punch myself in the dick a little bit i and i so, by no means am like a scared person like i'm not a, like uh i'm not a football hating pussy you know yeah but whenever i left oakland stadium like i never felt safe Regardless of what I was wearing and who I was with, I never, I never felt safe leaving that stadium, not one time. Like you had to be on high alert at all times, and I'm not, I'm not saying it to like talk bad about the stadium or anything like that. It just, it just was what it was. It was, it was trash. That, that, that's why Adam Hill freaking getting beat up just doesn't surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> that's that's a ballsy man, and I know it was fueled by you know a bottle of eighty proof, but to be like, yeah, I'm gonna pick a fight on purpose as a bills fan in raider stadium just to just because like i had to make a deal with my buddy it's like wow it's ballsy ballsy man check this um, out check this out this is pretty funny raider john said yeah i remember when he said that he didn't he didn't to go to miami their fans were saying oh well what he's overrated and then literally right on cue they do an entire episode on how they need to stop him that was pretty much the entire episode yeah, and how they needed to stop. It was that was the like the whole thing. So it was pretty much like an infomercial, like like ipso facto, an infomercial on how good uh, Max Crosby is. Most annoying fan base. Uh, there's the regular hitters here. Eagles and Cowboys each got about twenty five percent. So half of them agreed on two fan bases: Cowboys and Eagles. I think that's also buoyed because they're winning. Right, Eagles are just in a Super Bowl. Cowboys have been, you know, winning the division. Going no, they're the annoying. They're um, annoying. But, but they are. But it's buoyed. It's buoyed by winning. And I say that because Raiders are only four point one percent. And I feel like that'd be a lot higher if the Raiders had been winning. Way annoying higher. isn't the right word to uh, to describe a Raider the Raider fan base. It's not correct, but that's how opposing. That's how a Chiefs Broncos Chargers fan would say it. You know what I mean? They're saying, oh, they're annoying. They suck. They're, you know. You know how, you know, how we, didn't, we, we, we didn't see anything from that. What was that idiot's name from the Jets? Fireman Bill, or whatever the hell his name Oh, was. yeah, the Jersey dude. That, that uh, freaking idiot. I hate that dude. I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce his name if I tried. Yeah, whatever. I don't even know the freaking you know, I did a whole video on him, and I still can't pronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, he's, he's a freaking dumb. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a dummy. Uh, ready for some Raiders news? Sure, why not? So this is not Raiders news, but it is Raiders news. Shaq Leonard, waived by the Colts. Kind of came out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, he just made it through waivers just now. Yeah, just, just like, like a few hours ago. Just a few hours ago. Mm -hmm. um, no one picked him up on waivers. So now you can pick him up at whatever price you can negotiate with him, more or less. Um, so Bill Barnwell, my favorite guy at ESPN, uh, Broke down the numbers. The Colts owe Shaq Leonard because we're all like, look, every team would want him, but it's what price for him, especially the Raiders. Um, much more so at the beginning of the season when we didn't know how good our linebacking crew was going to develop, right? Especially like Spillane having is, is Spillane having a Pro Bowl year? I think so. He leads. Pretty he's close. tied for the he's tied for the lead in in pass breakups and interceptions for linebackers, and he's he's at the very top in the tackles. He's not going to win the popularity contest over the other AFC linebackers that have been doing it a while, but I mean numbers wise, he's right up there to potentially be one, right? Plus his target um, his target rating is is I think the highest for linebackers too, or the lowest for linebackers. Okay. Uh so Bill Barnwell said the Colts 
Colts owe Shaq Leonard $6.1 million over the rest of the season, but the release is likely more about 2024 when he has $6.5 million guaranteed for injury. Indy was probably cutting Leonard after the year and didn't want to be on the hook if he got hurt. So kind of like a Derek Carr situation where it's like, look, we're, we know we're moving on from you. Mm-hmm. You suck. Let's just like not risk that injury. Let's just money. give you a shot to hang to, to jump on another team. Yeah. Uh, any team that puts in a waiver claim on Leonard would pay him about $6.1 million for the rest of the year and be subject to that injury guarantee. But – he make it through wait. He made it through waivers, so Leonard can pick where he goes for the rest of the season. So that I think explains it why he made it through waivers, not because he sucks or people are like he's not good. It's just like let's just do this on our own. Yeah, I don't want that. They don't want that uh, injury guarantee. Do we? Uh, do we make a move? I think the Raiders. We did the Raiders put up a competitive offer to get Shaq Leonard? I just, I just, I think we should. Because it's a position of need, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's the type of player that we want. You know, he's a good player. He's a, a smart player, and uh, he's a guy that can you can just put into the to a, any system. Uh, is he is he the same guy that he was like flirting as the you know defensive player of the year a few years ago? No, he's not that same guy anymore. He's had some more injuries, but. Um, you know, we you know kick the tires, give him a shot. You know, if he's if he's willing to come over, I don't think anyone's going to really. I think it's going to be, excuse me, shockingly low what he signs for. And it's only going to be for the last you know few games, you know six five games depending where your buy is, right? Five or six games left in the season for the team. Um, I think it's more likely he holds out for like a Super Bowl contender that had like an injury at linebacker. I feel like that's probably you want to do that more than come to the Raiders. Although the X factor. Antonio Pierce gives him a call. Like, can he swoon a quality linebacker to a team with a losing record? That'd be nice. That'd be a nice little talk about feathering your cap. If Antonio Pierce can go to Mark Davis at the end of the season, in that interview would be like, you know what? You, you, got, you only paid $2 million for a Pro Bowl linebacker because I called him in and he wanted to play for me. I can do that every season. I don't know that he's going to do it, though, honestly, because. He part of his his appeal and part of his kind of shine right now is getting the players that he has to to play at a high level, and you're bringing in a guy uh, on a unit that you coached, and you're you know like these are your guys you know uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of a gray area. Well, well, that's it. That's a red flag if he's like I'm not going to bring in talent because I don't want to ruffle the feathers of my room. Again, that's a that's an issue. He's not the same player. You're not getting the the Shaq Leonard of three years ago. He's, I mean, if we're getting the Shaq Leonard of this season for a couple mil, that's good value, especially at a position. Sure, in you know, the, the the guy that was playing this season, this not as great one, is still worth a couple mil and one of the better linebackers on our team. Uh, ready to do some what up Quinbags? Yeah, man, let's do it. John Luca D. 8003. So this was uh, your short video that you did on Max Crosby. And mm-hmm. it had uh, and he said, he's no Howie Long, but man, this kid can play. Which made me think, is Max Crosby already the best defensive end in Raiders history? Not potential. Right this second, in his fourth season. Fourth season? He's in his fourth season. I don't know, man. Both Greg Townsend and Howie Long played good. inside, played outside. Dude, Greg Townsend's got a lot of freaking sacks, man. That's a ton of sacks. And uh, they played all all up and down the line. Um, they won more, too. It, yeah, they won a lot. Uh, I, I just – I think it's the – I think he's on his way to being one of – up there, but I don't, I don't like saying he's the best of all time. I think he's saying he's one of the greatest because you, you can't really, you know – the rules are a lot different. Uh, so I just, I think he's, I think he's on his way to being one of the best. Yes. Do you think he'll be the best one day when all said and done? I, I, I don't, I don't personally rank him that way. So I can't really answer that one for you, but it's a high bar, right? We love that. I mean, Probably God bless him. Look, like you, you cannot get enough balls. Townsend, Townsend and long are, are probably the best two we've ever had mm-hmm. as far as production goes. Yeah. Uh, and and the fact that they played, you know, inside, outside, you know, uh, 
they were just beasts, man. They were just beasts. I remember there was there was a little long together was I mean it was before my time, right? I was born in eighty three, but like the uh watching the old footage and all the NFL films on those guys. There was a video there was a video uh in that in that clip that I made where Alzado and Long hit Joe Theismann at the same time. They just met at the quarterback. Whack! And they both got him at the same time. I was thinking to myself, oh, my God. Marty at the quarterback. That was terrible. Shima Utah 86. At what point can we say Tyree Wilson is a bust? It's sickening. We passed on Jalen Carter, and he was beasting against the Chiefs. Uh, that's a very fair question. Um, Tyree Wilson may end up being a bust. It is definitely too early to say that now. But where yeah. is that line? At what point can we say... We swung and missed on Tarby Wilson. I think if in his second year we don't see a big improvement, because yeah, then all needs, it needs to be big. It needs to be big because he's awful this season. Yeah. So the he doesn't have to have that super high production in year two, but he definitely does need to see show a, a big jump because all the excuses that he had for this season. Are going to be gone. He's going to have a full off season. He's yep. going to have. He's going to be healthy. He's going to have you know consistent coaching. He's going to be able to go out and do the things uh, that he can't. You know that he couldn't do the previous season. So him getting that off season and coming into the to year two, which is typically when you see that jump um, from from a defensive lineman is from year one to year two. And we uh, gave him, we warned everybody, like, look. Whoa, yeah, we did. We in the very he beginning. blows up and gives us eight sacks, like, amazing, wonderful. We'll be, you know, we'll be doing backflips in the hallway with the rest of you guys. But, like, we told you, like, look, this was a developmental pick. Like, he was not brought in. He was supposed to, he was supposed to, he was supposed to replace Chandler Jones a season and a half from now. That's what he was drafted for, was to be a cornerstone for the next 10 years. I mean, look Obviously, at Malcolm Coons. Malcolm Coons, he showed improvement in year two over year one in year three last year just for whatever reason uh they didn't want to play him now they're forced to play him and he's playing pretty well uh so it's hard to say that with within the first couple of years but i mean if you if you want to play the patience game year three let's this is going to be who he's going to be Will we see some small improvements here and there? Yes, but this is going to be the player that you're going to get. Because of the injury issue he had going into his rookie season, that second-year jump needs to happen. If not, then yes, he would be a bust. And also, it's it's not fair to him, but it's going to always be the case. This will always be tied to Jalen Carter and how well he does. It's going to be like, yeah, we could have had him, but so we got Tyree Wilson. Like It shouldn't be part of the equation, but I'll, I'll admit it. In the back of my head, I'm always going to be like, could have been Jalen freaking Carter. Uh, Thomas Reynolds, 3590, one of the newer members to the channel. Thank you so much. Welcome, Thomas Reynolds. You're the G. A divisional member of the Autumn Windbags. Thank you so much for coming on board. Most Swifty fans, I imagine, aren't football fans, but are Chiefs fans. Us against the world. It is the Swifty game. She's in uh, Taylor Swift's like, South America or something, right? So there's no way she's going to be at the game. Maybe she flies up real quick. You're asking of, the wrong guy, man. A couple days, couple days off the tour. Come. That was the first thing my wife said. She's like, oh, it's, it's the Swifty game. Is she going to come off the tour? Like, I don't know. I care less about that than I do the sore you have on your ball sack. I would hope that if I had like a really debilitating sore on my ball sack, you would con- be very concerned for my health. I don't know about concern. I mean, I, it would be definitely a topic of discussion. But like if I, I had know. testicular cancer, I would That's hope. different. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I okay. said a sore. Well, a sore, it's, it's going to come from something important, right? It's going to be – I guess it depends where it came from, right? It's from like a back alley Tijuana You got to change those underwears, man. You got to change like, those underwear. Yeah. I would say even the tiniest of sores on my ball sack, I would, I would be offended if you weren't concerned about my health. I am not. Okay. You've seen how beautiful my daughter is. You'd be like, RJ, you should be making more beautiful kids. I, you know, I, you got lucky. <laughs> you lucked out on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't push it if I were you. All right. That's it for this episode of the Autumn Windbags. Uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us. We will do a Chiefs Raiders preview show either Friday or Saturday, uh, scheduling dependent. 
um, as early as Friday, no later than Saturday. Uh, like I said, going to the game on Sunday, Chiefs Monday. Raiders. Monday, yeah. This is exactly how the game's going to go. Remember the old, um, in Pride, you know, this is, if you're a really diehard MMA fan, Pride Fighting Championships back in the day, and when they would do the English broadcast with Boss Rutten, it would be tape delayed. So they would actually, like, they would do the fights, they would go back and record the audio commentary, like, the next day in L.A., even the fights were in Japan. And then they would broadcast it on pay-per-view like 36 hours after the fights. Yeah, as, like, if, as if it was live. Yeah, As they if would, it was they live. Would, they would present it as if it was live. And yeah. Boss Rutten, so he knows the results of the fights, but he'd still be like, hey, if he doesn't keep his right hand up, he's going to get head kicked. I was, you know, he's, he's looking at that head kick. Oh, my God, he head kicked him. Oh, wow. Boss, I can't believe you called it. It's like, dude, that always stuck in my craw so bad. Like, Boss, you're awesome. Like, why do you do that? Like, why? No wonder why the freaking it? producer hated him. Well, that's like, uh, that's like what Tony Romo started doing, right? It's like, oh, you predicted the play. It's like, no, the producers are feeding you the answers. That's what's happening. Freaking Tony you know Romo. Freaking Tony Romo. All right, that's it for us. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving, everybody. We did the whole like favorite food last time, and we don't need to do it again. But I'm telling you, one of the best ho- underrated coaches, underrated players, underrated holidays, Thanksgiving. Built-in four-day weekend. Name one other holiday. You're guaranteed a four-day weekend. I'm so excited, dude. I'm so excited. Top to bottom football. Four day weekend. Football, food, fun, family. Can't do any better. Have a great Thanksgiving to all of our American American listeners. And have a great uh, great weekend regardless if you're elsewhere. Till then. Knock on wood if you're with me.